time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. That's right, Mr. Matthews joins us on Hump Day, Jump Day, Pump Day. It's Wednesday. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. You know, we're coming to the end of October. Already? I know. We're not there yet, but it feels like winter is coming. Winter is coming. And that means something to people like you who followed Game of Thrones, right? Well, who followed for a while and then when it came to the final season decided maybe we shouldn't follow it after all. Oh, no. Was it that disappointed? Did it you was... watch it till the very end? Of course. Okay, but you weren't happy. Not many people it was, were. I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't feel right. Okay. Does winter is coming then mean, like, terror is coming? That means winter be... is actually coming. Uh, like, literally Literally winter. But I remember watching, maybe it was only the first, season yeah first season and they were talking about that in terms of also like hordes of enemies coming. yeah because when winter comes hordes of enemies come but, but, the same but winter time. is coming does that happen in korea to hordes of enemies come i really hope not <laughs> i'm hoping for a very peaceful winter was it also in that series i may be just conflating this with other things in my brain that they come from the north or a certain direction. Y- yes. It was the North. Yes. Okay. Well, I shouldn't even be joking about this. Uh, today's book, let's dive into it. A Journey to Seoul by Kim Gwang-gyu, translated by Brother Anthony of Teze. We haven't done poetry for ages. It, no, it's been it's been a while. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> um, our, our wonderful producer actually said to me, Paul... When are we doing some poetry? And so I decided we're going to do some poetry. It's a fantastic anthology. Um, it's actually one of two that Brother Anthony, or An Sanjay, as his Korean name is, um, translated of Kim Gangyu's work. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, the book is out of print. Oh, Sorry. But the good news is you can get it on Brother Anthony's website for oh, nice. free. Oh, that's brilliant news. Yeah, because I think he cares more about the translation than the money. Mm. And so when books of his that he's translated go out of print, he often puts up a PDF or a document file on his website, Great. which means that we can still read poetry even if it's not in the bookstore. That sounds amazing. I'm guessing... That is totally legal. Like, if it's out of print and he's translated it... If he's the translator and he's put it on his website, then it's up to him to sort out the legalities. (laughs) All I know is he's a lovely human being and he he does translation, I think, because he really really loves it and cares about it. Uh, Kim Gwang-gyu, have we done the author before? No, it's our first time looking at this poet and he's he's really interesting. He was born in Seoul in 1941. Um, He studied German language and literature at SNU, Seoul National University Mm -hmm. and he got quite politically active in the early 60s Um, you must have heard of the April Revolution which is a big deal in the early 60s in Korea Uh Um, and then he went to study in Munich in Germany in in the early 70s came back to Korea and started 
publishing his own poems. Oh, great. So a little bit of a late start, perhaps, okay. but he got recognition for that. He also got recognition for his translations of German poetry. Mm -hmm. So he was translating some of the best German poets and writers into Korean. Well, that's amazing. Um, and he's won, he's won prizes for both his own poetry and his translated poetry. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple of collections available in English, not a lot, so it's really good to feature what little we have. Yeah, and we've heard from Brother Anthony many times. He is. Um, as I mentioned before, his Korean name is An Sonjae. He's mm. been in Korea far longer than you or I. I think he's been here longer than if you put our stays together. Perhaps, yeah, that <laughs> um, would be true. He's a mainstay in Korea um, and uh, he's, he taught for a long time. He's retired now, mm. but he still translates. And what amazes me is the rate at which he translates, is that you're seeing not just one book a year, mm. there are several books. And if you look on his website, you can see that there's, you know, this hasn't been published yet, that hasn't been published yet. Wow. He's already translated them, but they're <gasps> sort of coming up in the schedule. Looking forward to seeing those. Okay, it's our first bit of poetry in ages. Would you say fitting for this season as we're approaching winter? Uh, yes, I would say there are aspects of melancholy. Mm. There are aspects of hope. There are aspects of anger. We're going to see poetry from a very particular time in Korea, from the early 80s, around that time. Okay. And as we... experience the poetry we'll talk about some of the hidden meanings behind them all right uh, what's our first poem our first poem is called future arriving in seoul at 7:30 just as it's written in the timetable carrying a load of dolls with fancy labels The first-class train rushes by, and then empty tracks remain across the early summer plain. A little schoolgirl goes plodding along zigzag paths, over banks and dikes, the breeze stroking her white blouse and black skirt. How completely unthinkable the life ahead of her is, reflected in the water of the paddy fields, it dazzles my eyes. It is part two of Check It Out with Paul, and we heard our first poem there, uh, Future, Arriving at Seoul, Timetables. Are we really talking about a train full of dolls? It's a curious thing to say, a train carrying a load of dolls with fancy labels, and I thought about this. Mm. My interpretation, and again, poetry is subjective, and so our listeners may think differently, and that's of okay, course, yep. um, is that it's the upper classes uh -huh. who can afford the train ticket, and the fancy labels being their fancy clothes. Ah, they're Myeongpum, they're luxury brands, perhaps. Exactly. They're arriving in Seoul in style. Mm. They're arriving on time. So in the first... part of this poem we have sort of the upper classes the mm. nobility the people living their good life and then in the second half we have the girl in ah. contrast the little girl who's walking oh. she can't take the train she can't afford it she's walking through the rice paddies mm. so for me this is a very short poem but yeah. there's a there's a little bit of a punch in it that sort of you think oh lovely lovely and then <laughs> boom it hits you when you start to think about it that we've got this modernity this comfort if you have money mm. you live a good life in Seoul you sit on the train yeah you but don't have the, to walk but at the same time you have this ordinary kid who's walking home you know across the zigzag paths by over the paddy the, fields exactly that is 80s Seoul city and country side by side 
But also at the same time, this poem is stuffed with hope. Mm. Is Kim is thinking, yeah, she may be having a tough time now, but those dolls with the fancy labels, they're just going to keep taking the train back、mm. and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No difference, no change to their life. But this girl, she has endless possibilities、yeah. opening up for her. The language is interesting, right? When I heard that line read, how completely unthinkable the life ahead of her is. I immediately thought that's going to be negative, but then the final line I think really hits home. Maybe endless possibilities, right? Because it's reflected and it dazzles in her. Exactly, in their the, eyes. It, you get the feeling that he is hopeful for her, and he、yeah. thinks career is on the cusp of something.、Mm. And again, as I mentioned before, this is the early eighties. This is the time when career was under a military dictatorship. Yeah, this is the time where we had the incidents like in Kwangju.、Um, we had things going on that you couldn't talk about. No. But everyone felt change was coming. The Olympics was on the horizon,、mm-hmm. and I think for many people, the fact that Korea was hosting the Olympics suggested something's going to happen here. We're going to modernize.、Right? Yeah, and also I think the girl represents Seoul. Uh huh. Because if you think of Gangnam, where we are now, yeah, this back in the early eighties、um, was only just being transformed into part of the city. I remember coming in the eighties to Express Bus Terminal, and now it's built up. They've got a brilliant department store and apartments surrounding it completely. There was so much nothing, yeah, like just land here. Kangnam was just literally south of the river,、yeah. land south of the river. Nothing there. Yeah, so so I think I think this little girl is also. Seoul, because、mm. the paddy fields are going to be replaced with skyscrapers.、Uh-huh. Her uniform maybe is going to be replaced by fancy labels. Who knows? You know, maybe she's going to be successful. And this is this for me is the real mood of Kim.、Mm. I think this this poem for me, out of all of them, represents sort of what Kim stands for. That this this juxtaposition between anger but also hope. Yeah.、Um, he was born in 1941, so he was born. During the Second World War, under Japanese occupation, lived through the Korean War as a boy,、mm. and now he reaches middle age, and career is still being held down by the military. Yeah, but he thinks, okay, it didn't happen for my youth, but it's going to happen for your youth, and I know that change is coming. Maybe even convincing himself. Who knows? Yes.、Uh, okay, we're going to get to a second poem. Let's start off with the title. Well, it is the titular. Title of、ah. the book. It's a journey to Seoul. I don't know whether it's the journey you'll be expecting, but <laughs> we're going to take the train again. As you pass Pyeongtaek on the way up to Seoul, crossing the evening plains full of autumn smoke, perhaps in the shaking window. You may glimpse your suddenly unfamiliar face. Do not think that it is yours. Are there no familiar faces beside your own, gnawing dried squid and playing cards? As you look at the screaming bright roofs in the twilight and the TV antennas fluttering like dragonflies, and your fascinating weekly magazine, nod your head. Do not listen to painful sounds, like the calling of grasshoppers poisoned by pesticides, like the radio hiss when the late-night programs are over. Aren't the energetic songs playing from every roadside loudspeaker cheerful? And the roar of cars speeding along the motorways. 
People have, have long compared life to a journey. As you drink your beer or cola, have a pleasant journey. Do not think at all. If you are surprised, say only, ah! If you want to say more, keep quiet. When silence feels awkward, talk about the long drought, about the football match against Argentina, about the rising GNP in the stock market. For your own sake. And for mine. This is a little less hopeful. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of, to me, it feels like just, just shut up and ignore things. Ignore the wrong things. Don't don't talk about things. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a social critique. Okay. Um, and there's so much going on here sort of bubbling under the surface <sighs> because you couldn't say exactly what you wanted to say uh-huh. at this time. Um, so we've got, yes, the journey from Seoul to Daejeon, or, or Daejeon to Seoul, or Pusan to Seoul, or Gwangju to Seoul, wherever past Pyeongtaek, and we've mm-hmm. got this, the sights and sounds of the 80s. But we also get these little hints as to what's really going on, like the hints to the pain of the Korean people. Yeah. The lines I picked out, for example, the screaming bright roofs. <sighs> And if you know anything about Korean history and the New Village Movement, the same old movement, uh-huh. you know that, that prosperity was guaranteed and new villages were being built. And what colour were the roofs? Were they green? No. Blue. blue. Green and blue. Oh, is that why they're all blue? Yeah. I didn't know that. I and didn't know that was quite blue. loud. They don't fit in quite They well. don't. No, and no. not everyone fitted into Korea, mm. one might say. There's a feeling of pain coming from these roofs. For poisoned grasshoppers, the radio hiss, the urging not to think and not to say more. Um, we're here in a radio studio yeah. in October 2023, <laughs> and we can say pretty much what we like. Of yes. course, there are limitations, mm. but we have freedom of speech. But for Kim and his generation at that time, you had to be really careful, especially in public. Of course. If you were to talk about certain issues on the train, you could get in trouble. Someone might hear. That's why it's kind of like zip it, right? If you want to say more, then keep quiet. That was a really impactful sentence. Yeah, it's a message to his fellow political activists, Uh to those who want to change, but you know we can't talk about it here. We can't talk about it now. We've got to be careful. Wow, that is such a different time. And not that many decades ago. Uh, yeah, even brave, I'm guessing, to write this poem itself, even though it's like skirting around the issue still. Yeah, well, um, Kim and many fellow writers of the time, they they took their lives into their hands with their writing. They took a chance, but they felt passionate about it. And thank goodness they and everybody who stood up for democracy succeeded. Well done. We're there. In the old days, when even state officials wore uniforms, the Kangs lived, husband and wife, in the servants' quarters, in the outer compound. The woman drew water. The man was yoked to a rickshaw. Both worked for the master's house, but they cooked and ate apart. Today, when even school uniforms have disappeared, driver Kang and his wife live in a nine-foot-long room attached to the garage. The wife does the washing for the main house, but they cook and eat apart. And Mr. Kang is yoked to a Mercedes. 
see what he's done there. Two generations, you know, maybe we can link this back to the other poems of Korea having developed and come a long way in some senses, but maybe for some people it's just the same. It's funny how you see politicians and news reporters talking about economic progress. <sighs> um, yeah, for some, mm. not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think this really... This highlights some of the big issues we have. Um, for example, did you know that Seoul Metropolitan Government's living wage for 2024 uh -huh. is more than the minimum wage? Oh, okay. It's, it's the minimum wage is under 10,001. Right. And uh, it's about 11,014. For Seoul? Yeah. The, li the living wage. So the yeah. realistic wage... Exactly. Live on. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about that last week, but I think it's worth repeating mm. um, because economic prosperity is not for everyone. No. Um, it, it makes me think if you're a film fan of Parasite. Yeah. Of Gisung Chun. You can feel that because that family is working for a rich family, right? Uh, yeah. And that's what this poem Yoked is about. Yoked to a Mercedes. <laughs> Um, and, and there are other luxury cars available, but of the point course. is that that was the symbol of um, of prosperity in the 1980s. Mm. And this poem, again, it sums up the spirit of his writing. Mm. It's really witty. It's really sharp. On the surface, you think, ah, and then you go, ooh, yeah. the gut punch at the end. They um, cook and eat apart no matter what time it is in Korea, right? Yes, and and it's the rich and the poor. There's always been this divide, and unfortunately, I think for the foreseeable future, there always will be. Um, I should say that not all his poems are like this. Okay. Um, there's a, the, the sort of the first half of the poems a little more political. The second half um, is more pastoral. Um, but I wanted to focus a little more on the political because there's an edge to it, uh -huh. which I really like. And I think it's really important that we, when we talk about this period of time, that we can look at pretty poetry, but we yeah. can always look at pretty poetry. Of course. But sometimes the social commentary is really important. But there are some gorgeous poems, these flights of fancy as, like about uh, if I was a dog or I, I turned into a woman or, or <sighs> if I was going to raise pigeons or when he talks about the beauty of dragonflies. Wow. And then there's stuff where he talks about losing his friends his oh. friends dying and how that affects him about getting older the passing of time and brother anthony what i love is that he sort of puts little notes here and there to explain context oh, nice. so if you're not familiar with korea he gives you little helping hints so you can go ah i see what this is i see where he's going oh that's fantastic and also the fact that brother anthony has put it online Mm. Um, and again, we've we featured Brother Anthony so many times on the show. He's one of our mainstay translators. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have met him and to have talked to him, mostly about tea, not poetry. Oh, is he a big tea fan as big well? He wrote a book, a, a couple of books about tea. On like Korean tea and yeah. traditions. Every year he used to go to Bosong. Wow. Um, and so I was lucky enough to drink some of his very good tea in his office and talk with him. Oh. Um, and it's clear that he really cares about Korea. Mm. He, you know, he came as a as a as a priest, yeah. as a brother, um, and he stayed here and he's worked for the good of the country. And so it's great that part of his work has been translating poetry we wouldn't have access to otherwise. Absolutely, and stay really meaningful. Like Korea has changed so much so quickly um, that I'm guessing many of our younger listeners can't even fathom that this is what career was like just I, a few I decades would, ago i would go further and say i guess there are many young koreans yes who can't imagine 
what Korea's like. I can imagine when your two kids, when Gio and Ellie, yeah. reach their teenage years, and your mum starts talking to them <sighs> about what life really was like, they'll go, but what? Yeah. How? That can't be possible. Exactly. So right. I, think, I think this is really good for everyone, not just for, for foreign readers, but for Korean readers too. Absolutely. Give us your one-line review for this then. It turns beautiful, desperate, pastoral, fierce, calm, and filled with rage. An insightful look into some political poetry of the early 80s. It's nice to do some poetry again after a while. It, like you said, can be open to so much interpretation. Yes. I'm getting to learn that. You taught me from the very first day about that with poetry. And now now I'm at peace with that. So I don't feel stressed by it anymore. Uh, Next week's book then. More poetry? Uh, No, we've got a novel next week, but this is a dark novel. So I'm going to give a warning now. This will not be to everyone's taste. Uh It's a really serious subject. It's called Dogani. by Gong Ji-young. You may have heard of the film. Oh, It's a very popular film with Gong Yu. Oh, that film is a difficult watch as well. And that's because it was based on this book. It's translated by Bruce and Chu-chan Fulton. So we're going to be talking about some some difficult topics next week. So I just want to say that's what it's going to be. I will be careful as always. Mm. But it's a really important book, a really serious book, and it was only translated earlier this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, the film came out, I don't know, I want to say around 10 years ago with Gong Yu. It's called The Crucible. is the English title of the film. Aha. In terms of the book, though, it's just called Togani. Yeah, they've they've kept the the Korean name and just transliterated it. Okie dokie. T-O-G-A-N-I. Child abuse will feature, right, in the book, I assume, as well as the film. Uh, Sadly, yes. Okay. Uh, But after watching that film, I'm glad I did. So I have no regrets. It's up to you to make your decision if you're going to read that. It's a very... We'll also say it's based on truth. So it's a really, really important story to get out there. Very powerful. Um, Paul, thank you so much for your readings as ever. Uh, Thanks to everyone. Thanks to you. Thanks, as always, to the Literature Translation Institute for Korea for the help with copyright pushes for this broadcast. Thank you to Kim Gwang-gyu for his beautiful poetry. And as always, Brother Anthony, thank you for your translation and for also putting it online so we can all read it for free. Hooray to that. Paul, have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.